0: the book of Luke, gospel of Luke, chapter 2, amen, verses, amen, 8 through 11 today. So thankful to have my mother and my sister, amen, here this morning, amen, from Virginia, amen, thankful that they're here, amen, and amen, I want to say thank you, I, I haven't mentioned it publicly, but amen, for those who've been praying for my sister, amen, my sister's Amen. Been battling sickness for the past several weeks. Amen. And I'm so thankful that she's here in the house of the Lord. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Amen. Amen. The Lord has spared her life and is touching her life. And I believe God's healing is at work in my sister's life today. And I thank the Lord for that today. Amen. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. The Bible says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not. Somebody say, fear not. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you, somebody point to themselves and say unto me, unto me, unto me, unto you this day. I'm sorry, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Amen. And my subject this Christmas Sunday is exceeding great joy. Exceeding great joy. That is what Jesus wants to give every single one of us today today exceeding great joy amen would you just set your bibles down and close your eyes lift your hands unto the lord amen and just petition him in this very moment for that real exceeding great joy he desires to give us today lord jesus we come before you this morning lord in such desperate need of you lord god we lord stand in need of a savior a redeemer Lord, you've already given yourself, Lord God, from the foundation of the world. Let us position our hearts, our lives to receive that exceeding great joy, Lord God, that can begin in this season, but Lord, extends beyond this season and can be with us every day and can be with us in good times and in bad times and mountaintops and valleys and times that we understand and in times that we do not understand. Jesus, you can still give us, you desire. give us, It is your will and your purpose to give us and for us to live in exceeding great joy. Help us to receive that and live in it by your spirit and by your word today. And we all said in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we give a hand clap of praise and worship unto the Lord as we're seated today? Can we lift our voice and just tell him for a few moments how great he is? I love you, Jesus. You are great. all the earth today. I give glory. I give glory. I give glory. I give thanksgiving to your great and all-powerful name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Praise God. Amen. There is hope in Jesus today. You know, this. this Christmas season has been very unique for me personally. And uh, I think some of that has bleeded out into uh, this church during this Christmas season. And I have, I have felt, if you will, in a very unique way, the Lord has arrested my attention and my focus um, in a way like never before during a Christmas season. And before I go any further, it is so great to have David Rivera home from college. We love you. We're so glad you're here. Let's give him a warm welcome here for... Christmas break. We're glad you're here, David. We love you very much. Amen. And so, amen, we're thankful today. Amen. But the Lord has arrested my attention in a very unique way. I celebrate Jesus every Christmas. I celebrate Jesus every day, all year round. So this isn't some, uh, you know, unique thing for me, but I guess in a very, in a much more reverential way, The Lord has arrested my attention and my heart and my focus, amen, to commune with him like I've never communed with him before. And what I mean by that is fellowship, the time that I spend with him, the time that I spend focusing on him during this Christmas. And it's gone to a deeper level. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, Christmas as usual just just hasn't cut it for me anymore. And it's, it's, if you will, the Lord has put a divine discontentment in my soul to say it's not just enough. And I haven't listened to songs the same way. And I haven't looked at decorations the same way. And I haven't done the Christmas events the same way. I just, I, I can't do it the same way. And there's, the Lord is just, petition me challenge me to know him deeper and more personally amen and not just let the routines and the rituals of christmas and that that are associated with this season just come and go without fully taking time to embrace him and allow him to embrace my heart my soul my life and here in this This scripture that we've read today, we see shepherds abiding in the field. They were tending to their flocks in the field. They were doing life as they normally did life without much fanfare, without, amen, much interruption. It was just the same old thing, a different day. Yes, they were faithful and they were consistent. But in the midst of their serving and tending to their flocks, The Bible says the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. It it didn't really give any indication as to why these particular shepherds had received this visitation from the angel. They were just doing what they had always done and then suddenly, suddenly, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. It interrupted, amen, their regularly scheduled broadcast, if you will. Amen. And God is all about divine. Hey, we can be doing lives up, amen, and the shepherds that day. These shepherds were simply manning their post. Even watching the sheep by night. They were faithfully serving in the capacity that God had entrusted into them. They were blessed. They had sheep and they faithfully served those sheep. If we can, amen, turn to the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 12. Luke, chapter 2, verse 12 is the continuation of our opening scripture there. And the Bible says, And this shall be a sign unto you. This is what the angel is saying to the shepherds who were doing the same old thing, different day. You know, and I tell you what, consistency is boring. There's nothing exciting about consistency, but there is something that pleases God about consistency. There is something that pleases God about consistency faithfulness amen and if there's anything amen that we can learn from this scripture that we can learn from these shepherds amen is that if we are consistent and faithful pursuing the things of God pursuing communion and relationship with God there may be a period of time where it seems monotonous and it seems boring and it seems like nothing is going to happen but if you'll just put your nose to the grindstone amen and put your hands to the plow and saying yep I'm coming to church again today I don't know what's going to happen today but I'm going to be in the house of the Lord yes I'm going to open my Bible again today I don't know if anything miraculous is going to happen but amen I'm more interested in the fellowship than the miracle amen if you'll take your mind up and say Lord I'm going to show up I'm going to be here one of these days God is just going to miraculously show up in your life if you'll stick it out uh, if you'll say day in and day out uh, if you'll make it remove the question mark uh, and change your question mark uh, amen to an exclamation point it's not a matter of if i'm going to serve god uh, i will serve the lord uh, i will seek his face uh, amen miracle or no miracle blessing or no blessing uh, one of these days god is just gonna show up he's gonna show up and do something mighty He's going to show up and do something miraculous. Uh, Hallelujah. My God, he's going to show up and do things. uh, Amen. And you'll see things that other people won't see. You'll see things and experience things that other people won't see and experience. Why? Because you stayed in it. You stuck with it today. And the angel of the Lord showed up and said, this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Hallelujah, I'm so thankful, amen, for a peace, amen, goodwill towards men today. That's what Jesus wants to give us, amen. That's what he wants to give us today. Matthew 1, 18 through 21, the Bible says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as His mother, Mary, was espoused or engaged to Joseph before together, before they consummated a marriage. Amen. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. She was expecting while they were espoused. The wedding had not yet happened or they had not yet consummated, and being then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make Mary a public example, although their situation was very misunderstood, Joseph, her husband, was not going to embarrass her. Amen. We have to understand the scripture. Amen. The Bible in amen. Before Jesus Christ, the old commandment, amen. The law was is that if a woman, a man, was found committed in adultery, she was to be stoned to death. And Joseph, Mary being in this situation, Joseph, being a just man, was not willing to make her a public example and was minded to put her away privately. Amen. But the Bible continues, but while he thought on these things, you could say here Joseph is doing the same thing, being faithful. In a situation he did not understand, Mary being faithful in a situation that she did not understand. I couldn't imagine being Mary. And all of a sudden, you know you have not been with your soon-to-be husband and you're pregnant with child. But the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph. Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Somebody say his name for just a moment. Jesus. There is all power in the name of Jesus. Amen. In this situation where Mary and Joseph was misunderstood and she was with child, she did not realize, amen, until this point, they did not realize until this point that they were a part of God's master plan to save humanity from their sins. Amen. Ever since the fall in the garden of Adam and Eve, amen, the Lord had reached and Reached and reached towards humanity to reconcile relationship, to reconcile communion and closeness with humanity. But generation after generation would push him away. Amen. They would choose sin over fellowship, sin over purity, sin over love. And Jesus said, I've got to come and bridge the gap. I've got to come and be the solution. I've got to to come and be the answer to save humanity from their sins. And he came to save us from our sins. Here's why Jesus came. Because sin creates distance between us and God. And so he loves us so much that he came to pay a debt for sin that we should have paid. All for the sake of closeness, all for the sake of relationship and communion with Him. I'm thankful that Jesus came to save us from our sins. Jesus came to save sinners, and where sin is redeemed. And where sin is dealt with, there will be exceeding great joy. Where sin is redeemed, there will be exceeding great joy. Sin is the thief of joy. Sin, somebody say sin, sin. It's a horrible word. I don't like that word. We don't like that word, but it relates and speaks to every one of us. Sin is the thief of joy, but where there is no sin, there will be exceeding great joy. And so Jesus came to save his people from their sins that you and I could have so that every race, every culture, every nation could have exceeding great joy. I'm not talking about happiness today. Happiness is fleeting. Uh, amen. We may get a little happy when we get a new car. We may get a little happy when we go on a new vacation, uh, but then the vacation ends. Uh, the car gets old. Uh, amen. The gadget gets old uh, and the happiness leaves, uh, but this succeeding great joy that Jesus uh, wants to give us uh, lasts forever and ever and ever and ever. It lasts in the good times, uh, in the bad times, uh, in the mountain, in the valley. It gives us a strength it helps us to overcome why don't we thank the Lord for his exceeding great joy come on somebody clap your hands and give Jesus praise hallelujah hallelujah where there is no sin there will be great joy First Timothy 1 verses 15 and 16, the Apostle Paul, a man who wrote, amen, nearly two-thirds of the New Testament, was not a man who was with Jesus himself. He was a persecutor of Christians before his conversion unto Jesus in Acts chapter 9. He put Believers to death, he hauled them off to jail. He was on a mission against the followers of Jesus until he had an encounter with the Lord himself in Acts chapter 9. And this is years later when he writes this after, amen, he realizes how misunderstood he was of who Jesus really wanted to be in his life. This is what this man said in 1 Timothy 1, verse 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Christ Jesus came into the world To save sinners. And he doesn't stop there. This man, if you will, he's the apostle of apostles. No one evangelized more than the apostle Paul. Nobody wrote more books in the Bible than the apostle Paul. But this is what this man says. He does not forget where he came from. He says, uh, he meant Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. I'm the chiefest of sinners, he says. He says right now, he's not even speaking in past tense. He meant it, he continues, how be it for This cause, I obtained mercy. I didn't deserve it, but I obtained mercy. The Lord owes me nothing, but I obtained mercy that in me first, Jesus Christ might shew forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them, which should hereafter believe on him to life. Everlasting. I want to read in the Amplified Version. It's kind of a more modern English. He says, this is a faithful acceptance and approval that Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners among whom I am. For I'm the worst one. I'm the one. If there's anyone in need of a savior, it's me. He wasn't speaking past tense. An apostle now. A preacher of the gospel now. Reaching two-thirds of the then known world now. I'm the chiefest of sinners. I'm the one in mode of a savior. The apostle Paul said, uh, amen. He kept that posture. He kept that mentality and he continued. He said, yet for this reason, I found mercy so that in me as the foremost of sinners, or you could better say he was saying this so that I found mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example or pattern for those who would believe in him for eternal life. The Lord Jesus showed the apostle Paul mercy so that nobody could ever say to themselves, well, God can't save me, I'm too bad off. What the Apostle Paul was saying is that if Jesus can save me, he can save anybody. If Jesus can change me, the worst of sinners, I dedicated my life, if you will. The Apostle Paul was a modern-day Hitler towards Christians, hauling them off, putting them in jail, putting them to death. As a matter of fact, the previous chapter before his conversion, he put a man to death. He stood over as Stephen was being stoned to death at his command. And one chapter later, he was on his way to put more Christians to death and in jail, and he had an encounter with Jesus that changed the very course of his life and purpose. And he said, Jesus Christ came to save sinners of whom I am chief. Amen. The apostle Paul understood. How could a man pen such words? After being, we see two snapshots of his life. If you read the scripture, amen, you see how he gave his life. He was beheaded. He went, amen, to putting Christians to death. Amen, to be beheaded himself for the sake of Jesus Christ. He refused to escape. He said, I will die for my Lord. How could this man, Amen, write about joy in the midst of suffering. How could this man write about joy in the midst of persecution, in the midst of being jailed, in the midst of being rejected? Why? Amen. Because sin was his problem before. And Jesus changed all of that. Jesus took care of sin. Amen. And that is why the Apostle Paul, amen, could say in Acts chapter 19, amen. He said, amen, at the end of his life, he knew, amen, his death was near. He knew he was about to be beheaded. He said, now i finish finished my course with joy. Why could he finish His course with joy because of Jesus. Exceeding great joy. Where there is no sin, there will be exceeding great joy. I'm nearing a close. John chapter 10, verse 7. John chapter 10, verse 7, the Bible says, through 11, then said Jesus unto them again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. He's referring to humanity. We're like sheep. We're frail we're vulnerable we're weak we don't always make the smartest choices somebody say amen sometimes more times than not we're our own worst enemy even if there wasn't a devil we would still get ourselves in a mess and that's we can all if we're honest say that's the say, the case for us. And that's what sheep do. And Jesus said, I'm of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. The sheep did not hear them. I am the door, Jesus says, by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. They'll find abundance. They'll find blessing. Find everything they need and more. It's like what Jesus said in in Matthew, amen. He said, He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all these things. As long as I'm seeking the Lord and I'm found in Him, I'm going to find pasture. Every emotional need, every financial need, every relationship need, the Lord will supply. Why? because I allow him to be my shepherd. Jesus said, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and go in and out and find pasture. But the thief cometh not. Who's the thief? Satan's the thief. Sin is the thief. The thief cometh not, before to steal and to kill and to destroy. This is what the thief wants to do in every one of our lives. This is what sin wants to do in every one of our lives. Sin wants to choke the joy out. Sin wants to choke the hope out of you. Proverbs says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. That's what Satan wants to do. He wants to choke the life out of your hope. Choke the life out of your joy. Choke the life out of your peace. Choke the life out of your purpose and destiny. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. And that they might have it more abundantly i am the good good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep it is why he Came because sin is the thief of joy. And Jesus came that we might have exceeding great joy. Jesus came to deal with the thief of joy. Jesus came to conquer the thief of joy. Satan and sin is the thief of joy. And Jesus came to put sin to death and establish a kingdom of righteousness so that you and I and all nations and all people can have exceeding great joy. It's a joy that will not fade away. Jeremiah says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. When you are weak, when I am weak, amen, it's not a matter of if. Let me tell you, child of God, if you've never felt or been weak before, there will come a day in your life where you are up against circumstances and decisions that you have no control over, and you will face weakness at some point in your life. You'll face a dilemma you don't have an answer for. You'll experience a pain that you can't heal yourself. And it's going to be the joy of the Lord that will be your strength. Uh, Psalm 16 verse 11 says it in thy presence. There is fullness of joy. And that's what sin came to separate. Sin kept to separate us from God's presence. Uh, But Amen, by Jesus going to Calvary. We can be reconciled and reunited with God. His joy. Would you stand with me today? All that came before Jesus in your life and in my life are in robbers. That's what Jesus said. It's the truth. I'm not talking about all that came into your life before church. I was raised in church. I spent my entire life going to church. I haven't spent my entire life serving Jesus. And there is a difference. There is a difference. All that came before in my life and in your life were thieves and robbers, traditions of men, Thieves and robbers, self righteousness, thieves and robbers, fleeting friendships, thieves and robbers, silver and gold, thieves and robbers, false hopes of what money will bring, education will bring, and they're fine. I'm educated, I'm educated. I've got a bachelor's degree. I've worked in the corporate world. I know what it's all about. I don't stand before you, an ignorant man. I've been there. I've done that. I know it. But the hope in it are thieves and robbers. It did not provide for me what I hoped it would. The lust, the greed, the pleasure. Jesus said, "They're thieves and robbers." You see the truth is is that our soul every one of us our soul seeks to be filled with something. We were created for worship. We were created for service. And so we, every one of us, will worship something. Every one of us will serve something. If we are not serving the Lord, we will, we are serving something. Some people worship church. Some people worship church. Some people worship money. Some people worship sports. I like sports. I got my favorite teams. I'm a Lakers fan. I'm a 49ers fan. I'm a Yankees fan. I like sports. But there's a line where's my devotion? Oh, come on. Come on. I mean, it's there's nothing wrong if I watch 10 hours of football every single Sunday. Okay, well, compare that to your worship. Compare that to your devotion. Compare that. Hey, fellow sports fan, come on, somebody high five me. Come on, don't get quiet on pastor. Come on, don't get quiet on pastor. Don't get quiet on me. I don't worship the stock market. Okay. Compare that to your Bible reading. Compare that to the time we spend opening up our hearts to a loving and faithful God. And answer the question yourself, is it worship? Is it worship? God created us for worship. He also created us so that He can fill us with His exceeding great joy. All that ever came before us were thieves and robbers. Uh, come on, somebody, Amen. I know what it's like to have grand vacations. I've lived a blessed life. I've been I've been on the other side of the world. I've I've, I've this year my family was so blessed. My wife and I spent two weeks in Hawaii for our anniversary thankful but you know what's in Hawaii that's also here sin and you know what sin is the thief of joy amen and so while I was in Hawaii and enjoying waves and looking at sea turtles and putting my feet in the sand you know what I was amen spending my heart doing Seeking the presence of God. Seeking the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, I'm celebrating my marriage. Yes, uh, amen. Wow, this is a a trip of a lifetime. This is so amazing. This is so grand. I'm so blessed. I'm so thankful. Amen. But I love Jesus more than I love Hawaii. Because Hawaii comes to an end. What Jesus is trying to teach us, I began with it this morning. I love the decorations I'm into it you know our our family you know we we went caroling on Tuesday night as a church it was amazing I love it Friday night our family went to to the Polar Express my kids and my grandkids and, and it was just such a fun time I loved it I love it it's fun but that's not the source of joy I love the gatherings and the food celebration and we're getting we've been having them and we're getting ready for some more over the next couple of days but what Jesus wants to give us we don't need the great depression come January 1 Christmas is over back to life as usual back to humdrum 100.5 is not playing Christmas carols anymore Back to the same old thing, different day. No, today Jesus wants to give somebody exceeding great joy. And here's how it can happen today. If sin is a thief of joy, if sin is the thief of joy, our first step to exceeding great joy is that we must repent of our sins. We must decide to turn from a life that you may be battling addiction there you may be battling something that is in competition amen for your devotion amen what are you going to give more what, are you, what is your allegiance to is it to that thing or God amen God is asking you to come closer God's saying let me pour my love on you let me restore you let me fill your life with joy but if you're going to let me fill my life you're going to have to make room. You're going to have to be like Mary and Joseph. You're going to have to be like, hey, men, those at the stable. Make room for joy. So number one, we must repent. We must turn from our sin. We must begin to confess our sins unto the Lord. The Bible says if we confess our sins unto the Lord, you don't need to confess your sins to me. Hey Amen. I'm I'm not I'm not a spotless man. I'm I'm frail just like you. I bleed just like you. I'm in need of a savior just like you. I'm no holier than you are. You don't need to confess your sins to me. But the Bible says if we confess our sins unto the Lord, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And so we need a time of transparency and honesty with God because sin is keeping us from joy. Sin is keeping us from communion because Jesus is joy. Sin separates us from Jesus, and Jesus is joy. Sin separates us from Jesus, and Jesus is joy. And after I repent, repentance is a death to self. Repentance is death to my sinful nature. I must bury my sinful nature in the waters of baptism. Amen. According to Scripture, amen. This is a watery grave. Amen. After I repent of my sins, I must bury my old nature. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus commanded, except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I've got to bury my sin. Jesus wants to wash my sins away in the waters of baptism, and there's no other way that our sins can be washed according to Scripture, except by full immersion in water. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have warm water today. Amen. It's nice and toasty. If you're cold, amen, it's warm, ready for you. We have towels. We have robes. Jesus can wash your life today. And after we're baptized, the Lord wants to fill us with this precious Holy Spirit, the Bible said, God, it's a new life, it's a new kingdom, because we're leaving our old self. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. As we begin to worship God, and we begin to thank him for washing our sins away we begin to thank him for forgiving us amen we begin to just worship him and just receive his love amen as we begin to give thanksgiving amen for seeing in us what we could not see in ourselves amen joy begins to overflow he begins to overshadow us amen he begins to fill us and in, in before long amen your earthly language cannot express the words amen that they would like to express to God amen but There's a heavenly language, amen. a language you've never known before, a language you've never been taught before. It's a supernatural act of God. You'll be praying in English and Spanish. You'll be lost in worship, lost in loving Jesus. And before you realize it, joy will overtake you. And you'll begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance today. This is what we are going to do today. I'm going to ask us all to make their way to this front altar here. If you want the succeeding great joy that Jesus wants to give you, I'm going to ask you and invite you to make your way to the front. We're going to pursue, amen, hey what's beyond a superficial joy. If you're not content with routine, if you're not content with ritual, You want more than the facade of joy. You want more than the fake grin. And then hanging your head down when you're done putting on airs for everyone else. But you want a lasting joy. Jesus wants to give that to you today. And this is what I'm going to ask everyone to do in this service this morning. pastor's going to do this too. At this moment right now, This is not about the person beside you. I love my wife. I'm a blessed man. My wife is amazing. But my wife can't give me joy. Not the joy that Jesus can give. She loves me. I won't brag on myself. (laughs) She's not here to defend herself. I like to think she's crazy about me too. But I can't give her the joy that Jesus can give her. Sometimes in our relationships, we look for our spouse to fulfill us with joy. We look for our kids to give us joy. We look for grandma, for grandpa, for this experience or that thing or that person to give us joy. They just are incapable of doing it because it's a joy that comes from heaven. And so this is what we're going to do. We're going to take some time. We're going to repent of our sins. We're going to deal with a thief of joy, first and foremost, sin. We're going to repent. And we're going to ask God. We're going to confess. This is not for everyone to know. This is not for you to scream it out. This is between you and God. But this is for every one of us to be real. No fake, no facade. You've heard me say that. I'm all about that 110%. We don't do fake around here. Not with it. God's not with it. We don't do fake around here. We're going to be real. And we're going to confess our sins before God. And we're going to know that our loving Savior is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And it doesn't stop there. But he says he's faithful and just to cleanse us, forgive us of our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can we lift our hands and close our eyes across this sanctuary right now? And would you just lift your voice into the Lord and just become the personal and just allow him to search your heart. Come on, let's just begin to repent right now. Amen. Let's give God, let's, let's confront the thief of joy right now. Lord Jesus, I ask you to search my heart, Lord. Lord, look deep inside of me, God. Lord God, this human frame is so frail. Lord God, this human frame is so prone to failure. This human frame is so prone to cardinality. This human frame is so prone to doing thing its own way. Lord Jesus, I bring myself before you and search my heart, Lord God, of everything that is not like you, of everything that's keeping me from pure, Lord God, devoted communion with you, Jesus. Everything that's giving me divided attention, Lord, everything that's giving me divided commitment, Lord, everything that is in competition with your love, with your truth, with your light, with your your righteousness uh, with your joy today Uh, Lord God I repent Lord Uh, I ask you Lord Jesus uh, Lord God I pray you uh, Lord God I am the chiefest of sinners today Uh, Lord I confront my carnality today Uh, I confront my pride Uh, I confront my greed Uh, I confront my lust Uh, I confront Lord God uh, my rebellion Uh, I confront uh, all the ways that this flesh uh, tries to rebel against you Uh, Lord I lay it all on the line, Lord Jesus. Lord, I am human flesh. Oh, we like street sheep have gone astray. Lord God, Lord, be our great shepherd today. Correct us. Lord God, convict us, Lord. I turn from my sin today. I turn to my carnal ways. I turn from things that are going to fade away. I turn from things that aren't going to last. I turn from fleeting pleasures of sin. I turn from the pleasures of this world and I turn my heart back to you. I turn my heart back to loving you. I turn my heart back to communion with you. I turn my heart back to fresh commitment. I turn my heart, Lord Jesus, Lord God, to righteousness. I turn my heart to holiness. I turn my heart to purity. I turn my heart to loving you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind with all my strength today I'm sorry Lord Jesus Lord God I'm sorry remove from me Lord God the thief of joy Lord God cause me to walk in paths of righteousness for your name's sake Lord Lord I leave the wicked thing I leave the unclean thing I will not worship anything or anyone other than you you are God and God alone you are my savior You are the lover of my soul. You are my redeemer. You are the one, Lord Jesus, who can clean me up, who can make me new.